I guess everybody wants to go to heaven. Um, I would say even the people don't believe there is one. But uh, anyway, I was I woke up this morning kind of early, and I got something on my heart, on my mind, and started thinking about it. And uh, <coughs> subject matter, I don't know how far I'm going to go with this. It's however far the Lord leads it. But grace. Um, we, we, we have a few graces in the house. People named grace. Uh, grace is a word that has about 20-some different meanings depending on how you use it. Uh, grace in the Bible, the meaning with which it was written with and what they thought it was, no, what they knew it was in the Greek language was the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. I want you to think about that. Um, divine influence upon the heart. That's what you feel. Now, people say that, that some people have said there's no feeling to salvation. They ain't never been under conviction before. But the divine influence upon your heart, you know it. You feel it. And then it's reflection in life. That is what causes you to notice a person's glow on their face. There's something different about them. And it's certainly a change. Something is changed in the way that they live, the way they act and conduct themselves. There's a difference. That's the grace of God. Amen. Um, for what by grace. Grace that Yeah. 
introduce you to grace in a way to where you can really understand it, if I, if it's, if I can. <clears throat> the scripture tells us, <clears throat> let's see, how does it go? The grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared unto all men. And that means every person in this house. How does it appear? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world in 2018. Amen. Ain't a future time, but it's now. Have you ever had a feeling that you need to change your life and quit doing some of the things you're doing and and, and, and go to church? God's grace. Have you ever had that feeling? Yeah. I I submit to you, you have. I don't know to what level. You may have turned it away before you even went to church. But I can... I can tell you this, if it was not for that divine influence upon your heart, there wouldn't be churches around here. Why would you go to church? There's something goes on inside the heart of man. Okay? And if that's the case, what do we need to do? Follow that spirit. Follow that feeling. Uh says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, how do you get that? And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Now, think about that. It don't come from you. No, it doesn't. You can say, well, I'm going to believe so-and-so. No. You don't have no power, really, over what you believe. The only problem you have is what you are willing to do of what he shows you. Because faith comes from God to you. That's the power to believe. Now, people may tell you things, and I know you have experienced people telling you something, and you believe them. And then become disappointed. Everybody's had that. But I'm going to tell you something. If you believe God, here's what happens in this relationship with God. I mean, before you ever have a relationship with God. If he calls you and tells you, you you need to clean up your life. You need to straighten it up. You need to do do better. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Ignore it? If you do... It won't, have, it won't go no more. But if you start making progress towards doing what that feeling is telling you to do, go to church. Read the Bible. Let me tell you something. People can tell you a lot of things. But if you're going to understand what God wants for you, you're going to get it out of the Word of God for yourself. It's going to come from God to you. Uh, otherwise, you ain't going to get it. Now, how do we get that? We start reading the Bible. 
It was mentioned, it's been mentioned here about uh, the apostles. When Jesus was with them, and I think I mentioned the other night when I talked, uh, when Jesus was with those apostles, he tutored them. He was telling them all kind of words. But have you ever gotten the direction of something and it describes you what it looks like with words? And then you get a picture of it. Oh, yeah. It don't take no just that much to understand what, it's, what it is from a picture. Well, God speaks directly to your heart, to your mind. A lot of times in pictures. Pictures come before your eyes. You know, not before your eyes, come before your mind. God deals directly with your mind. It don't have to come through your eyes. But I can assure you this, <coughs> when God shows you something by faith, you believe it as much, or, no, you believe it more than if you had a, saw it with your eyes or heard it with your ears. Then what is the next thing you got to do? Act on it. Do it. Just do it. Okay. If you feel like you need to go to church, go to church. Some people, they, they may tell you some things that you don't understand. That ain't no need to quit. That ain't no reason to quit going to church. It's a reason to start probing. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Start asking questions. <coughs> start searching the Bible. Really. And the scripture tells us it today, talking about even today when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Have you ever read the Bible and not get nothing out of it? You know, I don't know how, you know, you just don't make a lot of sense, you know, what have you. I know that's what it was for me before I got sanctified. You know what? I was raised in this church. And when I got sanctified, it wasn't long before I discovered that Matthew and then Mark, he was talking about the same thing. And then Luke, you know, talking about the same thing. And then John, they were all talking about the same thing. Well, I asked Brother Leon about that. I said, you know, they're all talking about the same thing. Yeah, that's four Gospels. And you know what? I felt about that high. I was raised in this church and I didn't know that they were talking about the same thing. In different words to some degree. But they were talking about the same thing. Okay? But as I went on, things started opening up. And direction started coming. And as that direction came, I started doing it. And you know what? I started getting blessings. I started getting what do you call those uh, in uh, divine? What did I say? Divine influence upon my heart. And let me tell you something. It it could it, people could tell. Walking in grace. God bless. Growing in grace. You know, if you if there's some if if there's some matrix you might say that's different from what we're this church, it ain't nothing more than the grace of God. Amen. Uh, I didn't know I was going to be doing this today. Because I talked Friday night. Saturday night. What's Friday? Well, Saturday, Saturday night. Okay. Saturday night. Okay. 
It's been a long week here. A lot of things have been going on. But I want you to understand the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared into you. And there is something that you need to do. Don't turn it away. Start obeying it. Start doing what it needs, what it tells you to do. And if you don't understand, start talking to God about it. It's coming from Him. It ain't coming from nobody else. It's coming from Him. So start talking about it. Just like you would ask your neighbor or whoever. Well, your mother or father. I don't know. What are you talking about? You know, you, I need some more understanding. You'd be amazed how much he can talk back to you. Pictures come to your mind. and Look, it don't take much. Because when those poor apostles, after the day of Pentecost, they were different people than they were before that, when Jesus was walking around. Can you imagine Jesus, when he came on the scene, oh, well, wait a minute. When he came on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were sanctified. <clears throat> Well, you might say, well, they just got it all in one word. No. They'd already had their sins forgiven. Thousands of them had been out to see John. They had their sins forgiven. All they needed is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God. And when they got that, let me tell you something, they acted different. I mean, they were talking, people looking on, these people are drunk. Seeing it about the third hour of the day, I mean, they were carrying on. They, they had something to be happy about. Now, I'm talking about, you know, have you, ever, have you ever seen, I don't know whether you go to ball games or not, but every once in a while I can, in a restaurant, you know, they got some of the ball games on. on and you take somebody that makes a touchdown, you're looking into, into that grandstand and where the people are sitting. They're doing some crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of them. You call them fan, brother. Joseph Cleland told them one time, he says, whenever my team was winning, I was shouting and jumping up and down, and they called me a fan. He said, but I got sanctified and started shouting and jumping up, and they called me a fanatic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, when people get happy, and when there is something that goes on. Yeah. But what about that change in their countenance that just glows and there's something about that you want that I want that that's the grace of God that's the divine influence upon the heart of that person and its reflection in life and every one of us have to have it if we're ever going to make it to a home in heaven and there is processes that we go through and it's all in the Bible played out before us in such a plain manner that it's hard to even conceive that people can't understand it. For example, John the Baptist came and he started baptizing for the remission of sins. And people flocked out to him in the wilderness. There was something about it. He didn't have, I don't think he had a bunch of signs out there telling y'all come, y'all, y'all, all that. There was a grace of God brought people out by the thousands to be baptized of John. And he told them to flee from the wrath to come. 
fruit. Bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. Yeah. He knew the difference when people just coming out to see what, to observe the excitement. He knew the difference. Well, whenever he came and he preached and he, those, all of those people got their sins forgiven, he told them, I'm not he. But there cometh one after me, the latches of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Now what has fire got to do with it? It's that element that purifies sin out of your heart. It eradicates it. It'll burn it out. Okay. That's the Holy Ghost. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in it. it the plan's already laid out. You, if you got a beef with it, that's your problem. But he, the plan's already laid out. And he wrote it here in the Bible. And you know, my Bible's written in ink. That means you ain't going to change it. It ain't going to be changed. But what happens to people? Why do people not understand what it says? Because they're not willing to go and do what he tells you to do. Amen. You take a person that has been touched by the grace of God. All of us have. What do you do with it? You go so far, and you quit. You don't go no more until that opportunity comes back again. But you can't go and quit. You got to go and continue to follow the Lord and that grace of God. You got to continue to follow it. Well, if you do that, what he will do, he will guide you every step of the way. To the point where your sins will weight you down so much under conviction is what the, what the scripture calls it, what we call it. Mm-hmm. When people get under conviction, buddy, they are they're in miserable shape. Have you ever been miserable? Yeah. Yes. I mean, living in a beautiful world, but just plain miserable. Yeah. Here's what the Bible says: the wicked. Now we might think, well, in our marriage, that's that's a that's a bad person. That may be somebody in prison or something like that. No, just not righteous. The wicked are like the troubled seas when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Now, if you want peace, you better get right with God, because that's the only place you're ever going to find peace. And in order to do that. You have got to follow the grace of God as it speaks to you and take one step at a time. And it will carry you along until it's time for you to repent of everything that you've ever done. Well, you might something come up and say, I don't don't know about that. I I, I, I enjoy that. If that's your case, then you probably ain't going to go no further. Until you bring it all in. I ain't going that way no more. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that way no more. 
When you do that, God will forgive you. And I'm going to tell you something. A load will come off of your shoulders. And you will act different. Everybody's going to see something changed about this guy or this woman, whatever the case may be. But that ain't where you stop. Because you just took care of the past. There is a future. And if you don't make some kind of a commitment for the future, you're going to wind up going back. Now, I'm going to make it like a talk. It seemed to me like somebody getting lost in the woods. I've never been lost like that in the woods. But people that get out there, they say they just go round and round in a circle. Until they find out which way to go, and then they go straight, whatever that is, and get out. But if you get your sins forgiven, don't make no commitment for the future. You're just going to go round and round. You're going to sin and repent, sin and repent, sin and repent. You ain't doing but going round and round. But if you want to get out of it, you got to have make a commitment to it. What is that commitment? It is, Lord, show me what you want me to do. I will do anything you want me to do. Just come into my heart and lead me. And God is not going to make you do anything. But here's what He's got to have from you. He has got to have your permission for His Spirit to come into your heart. God is love. And what He is going to put in it, a love in your heart that will be exceed anything else. What about my wife? I love my wife. But my God comes first. Amen. I do. Uh, what are you going to do? He does too. Okay. Yeah, well, I love so and so. I ain't, can't give up that. I can't let that. You know, give up. You know, you call it whatever you want to. But when He places His love in your heart, the love for Him love exceeds everything. Amen. Well, what if my wife don't want to go? My husband don't want to go. What do you do then? Love above all of Well, you love God more than you do them. What are you going to do? Really? People have to make these choices. Well, if you love God more than you do your spouse, you're going to keep right on going. Now, they can choose what they want to do. We buried a lady in Jemison not too long ago that made a choice years ago that she wanted to serve God more than anything else. More than her husband, more than her family. And by that lady making that commitment, it saved her husband. It saved two of her children. By making that commitment. Now, what about if you make that commitment and you start out by... I, I, look, I've seen this many times. You start out by yourself. <clears throat> Your family don't want to go. The family to give you all kind of problems with it. I'm going to tell you a good one that impressed me. This man's great-grandfather. I believe his great-grandfather. Years ago, down in Louisiana, down in New Orleans, somewhere around there. Our folks come through and he heard the gospel. He bought it. They were Catholics. His wife was a 
staunch class Catholic, I guess. But after he got sanctified, she never spoke to him again in his life or her life. If she had to say anything to him, you'd go tell your father so-and-so. She never spoke to him again. Now, I don't know what that's like to, to, to do, but the point is, he made a commitment to God. He had the Spirit of God in his heart, and it didn't matter. But because of that commitment he did, and because of him sticking to the Lord, he's here, he's here, and there's a bunch more. Arsenals. There's a bunch of arsenals in this church. They all come from that one man that made a commitment to God and stuck to it. It saved him and it saved some of it. I don't know how many of his kids, but it don't matter. So if you love your family, love God with all of your heart because he won't accept a part. He calls for all your soul, mind, and strength. When he come along and said, love God, what is, how does that first commandment go? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Did he command you to do something that you couldn't do? He will never do that. But he commanded you to do something that he can give you what it takes to do it. And love your brother as yourself. It didn't say more than yourself. It said as yourself. Okay, if you're going to love your brother as yourself, guess how you're going to deal with him? You're going to be even with It's going to be fair. In every dealing. Why did Jesus say on these two, hang all the law and the prophets? That's what it's about. Loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your brother as yourself. And let me tell you something, whenever you get to dealing with your brother and your sister, if you love them as well as yourself, you're going to make sure you don't take advantage of them, and you've got to love yourself as well. And not, they're not going to take advantage of you. That's a fair deal, right? Would the world be better off under those kind of everybody under those kind of conditions? They close all the courts down. You wouldn't have one. Wouldn't need one. Because that's all it's about trying to get you know people to do equitable. Well, look, God has got what we need, and He not only that, He has worked with you somewhere along the line. What do we got to do? Just follow him. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinner. sinner. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Forget now how the rest of it go. But anyway, if we draw nigh to the Lord, the Lord draws nigh to us. Promise. So, when the Lord starts working with you, what do you do? Just keep following. Just keep following. As time goes on, the road will, there'll be more things to do tomorrow, the next day. And then there'll be more things to do. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to talk to him about, you know, question things. Well, I don't understand this. He'd be glad to talk to you about it. He does. He talks to us. And he 
gives us visions, gives us understanding, and the faith to believe that understanding. That, that's, what he, that's what you should do. Have you ever had a strong feeling of doing something and you feel like that's the thing to do, and you go do it and it was the right thing to do? I know we all have. This is the way God leads people and brings them right on in to his fold. And when we get there, he's the shepherd. He'll take care of us. Everything we need, he's got it. He even said he would supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. And he does that. He really does. He does it. Well, it's about time to close, I guess. We've run along about an hour. Unless anybody else has got anything to say before we close. I'm glad you are here. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody want to be prayed for? Lord bless. Lord bless. I do. Lord bless. Well, let me tell you something. We've been praying for people down here in Jerry, Mississippi. Wonderful. Uh, Thank you so much. I've thought about it many a time. You're kind of off-center of the church population. Mm -hmm. But your faithfulness has stood the test. And I'm going to tell you something. Faithfulness has been a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't go back and visit Go to camp meeting and different things. You can kind of get the feeling like you're all all alone. And you're all by yourself. But you start mixing and mingling with our folks because we're all one family. And if we do that, we have a sense of belonging. It just increases because we know each other. And as that goes along, it encourages all of us. Okay, here we are. We're still here. Guess what? WC had a place to come back to because somebody kept it going. Right. Well, just aim at one thing to do, keep it going. God will bring people in. Right. There's a lot of people died here. But you come back. You come back. WC, he's bringing them in. It ain't a mad rush, but it never has been. Never has been. A little here and a little there. And he takes care of us. Well, if you've got anything, anybody has anything else to say, we'll close.